Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of the Up and Over podcast, the podcast where a group of marks discuss pro wrestling and everything's a work and their opinions don't even matter. I am your host, El Gordo Gringo, alongside my co-host, Big Money Mike. We have the return of our local jeans enthusiast, Mr. Eve Lewis. Yes, yes. Got Mr. Patty Mills. Yes, 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 yes. And move over, Big Daddy V. We've got our bi- our new papa, Big Daddy Cortland. Yeah. 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 You gotta make like a cheering time right now. Thank you. Thank you. Move over, Big Daddy V. He said that's that shit. He really did. That's good shit. I wanted to use Big Papa Pump, but I was like, Big Daddy V almost works a little better. Big Daddy C is what we've got <laughs> over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's crazy, dude. All you gotta do is leave it in. Whoa. <laughs> All the thing Cortland pulls out of his driveways. <laughs> oh my uh, god! My mouth is not gonna be able to close this whole show. This uh, shit. Nope. <laughs> we are back from our uh, our little vacation away from the reign of terror tonight. Oh. Yeah, thank so glad. It was such oh, good dude. shit. Ethan, I'm glad I Ethan, missed out on that one. I know you were gone last week, Ethan, but um, uh-huh. let me tell you what you missed. Horse fucking shit. nothing. You didn't miss a fucking thing, really. Um, you missed the coolest spot of the night was Muda blowing out an accidental fire. That was the coolest spot of the whole night. If you mm. so, if you've never awesome, seen it, dude. the Thunderdome was supposed to be like a a, a cage basically that was electrified, and uh, it caught on fire because they decided to put like tarps and shit on the outside of an actual electrified fence, and uh, that was the well, highlight happened, of the whole evening. They turned off <laughs> the electric like current essentially, so it was just a steel cage. It was two, shit. two seconds after it touched the ground, it caught fire. That's how it should have been, goddammit. Alright, so tonight we are going to be covering 2003's No Way Out, presented by Raw and SmackDown. Don't forget, Evanescence. Wake me up inside. We're not even close. Before that, uh, tonight being uh, the... Fourth of November. Yeah. Um, we just had a huge group of fucking wrestlers get fired. Yeah. Yes. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, really. Happy holidays, wow. you pieces of shit. Um yeah. Yeah. have fun not wrestling anytime before Christmas. I have a question. Question, question. You really will have moments to uh, enjoy with your family because you'll be wrestling for 90 days, eat shit. Pat, what's your question? <laughs> Which where do I think Keith Lee gonna go for it? Bro, all right. So R.I.P. Bearcat, fucking Bearcat. Pour one out for Bearcat. Cut that shit now. Let's not even reference that shit. Nope. Come on, Keith Lee, bro. All right. There's no excuse. Mike's got the list here of all of all the poor unfortunate souls that just got fired. All right, so you had Frankie Monet, um, Poor thing. Ember, Ember Moon, Scarlett Bordeaux, um, Oni Lorcan, 
carrying cross, bab, yeah, fucking bitch. Um, your mic beef. <laughs> Je- Je- <laughs> Damn, I'm going to have to put on a pair of jeans to saddle up for this. Uh, Jesse Kamea, uh, Zayder Ramier. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Trey Baxter. I googled Trey Baxter to see what that poor son of a bitch looks like. But um, there is a couple on, people. Now. You know who that is. You GCW boy and you don't know who that is? Katrina Cortez. Man, fuck Jeet- you, bud. <laughs> Jeet Rama. That's uh, right. Keep it rolling. Grand Lince Dorado, Keith Lee, Nia Jax, Maya Yim, Harry Smith, which was my my that was my favorite release. Um, because he was there for I don't know, two months. Uh, and then Eva Marie. Ooh. Everybody got hit with a uh, <laughs> round of applause nice, for the fire at Eva Marie. Wait, nice is it ninety release. days? So uh, it's some of them. It's oh, weird. So all of the NXT people still had their thirty day no non compete. But then, like, I'm assuming for sure Keith did. He's going to have probably a 90 because he's been up there for a minute. I think the only person that's in question is Cross. Because I don't feel like he was up there long enough. But I think he also came up around roughly the same time that Black got released. So, like, I don't know if they fixed that mistake. They would have had to have, right? You would think. absolutely would have had to have gone back and like retroactively fitted everybody to make sure yeah but i know for sure the only one that's going to be like like probably the only two are going to be mia and lee because they both were up there together and that is two couples that got released at the same time and i think it was uh i think who's the the better who's the better couple cross (sighs) oh Oh, 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 man. <laughs> I like how he yeah. said it and then kind of nope. calmed down a little bit because he nope. knew this is going to be here. I just well, I had to burp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I mean, I have nothing against Lee. I love Keith Lee. I love Bearcat. I hope he keeps that Keep name. You know, he should be like, man, bear pig or something back on the indies, you know, kind of keep the bear aspect, but, uh, you got there. I I love I love Cross's work. So honestly, out of all of the releases, I am most excited for Oni Lorkin. I feel like that dude has he that guy is just awesome, man. I could watch him go on and on and on yep. with anybody, and it's mm-hmm. flawless. Him mm-hmm. and Danny Birch both. Um, I I can't wait to see what happens for both of them in the near future because it's going to be great. The thing is, Biff. Oni, whatever you want to call him. But when he got signed, he was just starting to peak on the indies. Like, he didn't even get a hot run. He just got hot, and then WWE got him up. Like, he had only started, like, because at the time, PWG was, like, where anybody who was anybody started working. He only worked a couple PWG shows. Like, he didn't even get time to really, because he was in CZW and all that, him and Drew Gulak and all. But he never got to have that run as the guy. But now I feel like he's about to fucking... Oh, he's gonna he's gonna fucking explode. And super down. exciting. The opportunities that we have with him, Buddy Murphy, the potential of him going in through any of these forbidden doors. Um, I think it's gonna be fucking awesome, man. And right yeah. now is the best time to be a pro wrestling fan. Did, you, did you guys see uh Kenny Omega's tweet about it? Yep. 
I did not. Read the tweet, sir. Read the tweet. Give me one minute. Read it out for us, sir. He goes, sir. old he goes, old rivals, old friends, some I've never encountered. I don't mind padding my record if they don't mind being a statistic. See if I care. That's Ooh. good shit. <laughs> That's good. That's shit. Yeah, I care. <laughs> We also, in in just the spirit of everyone being released, we also are still on the heels of finding out that uh, we're very close to having Kyle O'Reilly being a free agent again. Thank you, Lord. And then the speculation of what we said about three three months until Mr. Kevin Owens. If I'm not mistaken. Blow the hell up, boys. There's a lot of meat on that that we'll get to. We should print free Colorado. Three months or three years, the WWE Universe is going to get the best of me. And then, uh, what the fuck did Big E, I think, responded to him and said, This isn't Mount Rushmore, which is tough. Oh, he Um, did say that? He did say that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Big E is. Like, they like to play. They playing around with that shit. Top notch mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, but there's always yeah. been that crossover with the New Day specifically. Like they've always oh, yeah. had like that. They've mentioned the elite on WWE television. Like yep. they reference the they they allowed the reference of the sex tape. Yep. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> It's like those three. Dude, guys you're not gonna fire the New Day. They're the shit, you man. What do you, you can't right? do it. The the motherfuckers make money despite themselves. Like they, like, they're just they're gonna just, keep making got, money. You can't do anything. Handshakes into the crowd over. Like they're gonna do. Yeah, the Biggie, uh, he just did an interview with uh, Charlemagne the Good. The Biggie was just on. And it's like one of the sleep. it's like one of the biggest interviews they've done in a long time. And they had like crazy numbers. They had like his first and last name. They didn't even have like the Biggie. It was like yeah. a Biggie like, uh, like his whole yeah, like, thing. His whole name. actual name. It was really sick. And like even everyone on the show, like uh, what's her name, uh, Angela E. I uh, was like, even like I'm not a pro wrestling fan, but like I I have a Bootio shirt, and like <laughs> that's fucking cool, you know. Like you're not a pro wrestling fan, but you have a Bootio shirt. It's a, it's a brand, dude. Yeah, like that's a whole thing. It's a different level of stardom for sure. I mean, we all uh, anything else? WWE is there's there's no thanks to them for that. That's all Biggie and Kofi and Xavier Woods doing, making the best out of what they were given and deservingly so. If if yeah, if any of you Let's, or anyone listening to this has not listened to the New Day's podcast and them talk about like how fucking terrified they were and how they did like literally anything and everything to like get to where they are, like you need to listen to these episodes. They're some of the best yeah. shit I've ever listened to. Yeah, they were literally set up for failure with the New Day gimmick. Like, oh, remember yeah. the vignettes of that? Like, oh, so oh yeah. fucking terrible. Wire. Oh, my God. And, like, oh, Did you and see so, the fucking audacity of the WWE posting that? Like, a, like not that long ago? They were like, oh, it was yeah. the New Year. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You wanted this to go bad. <laughs> yeah. We just yeah, passed Halloween, and we had some bad news come out of a pretty big... Um, Night of Independent Wrestling. As yep. you see, I am wearing a Dan Housen shirt if you're watching this on YouTube. If you are, you should probably subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple uh, Podcasts, whatever the case might be, adding a uh, a follow or a subscri- like, like subscribing to us, if I could speak, that'd be sick, uh, means a lot too. But anyway, if you're on YouTube and you're seeing the Dan Housen shirt, 
Unfortunately, Danhausen and Mance both had leg injuries. Um, what sounded to be uh, both ankle injuries, it turns out it was a compound ankle fracture for Mance Warner. And then uh, Danhausen broke his tibia and his fibia. Um, and Oof. so he'll be out for quite some time as well. Um, pretty shitty well news to, to come out. On get Wellhausen. Get yeah, Wellhausen. Be very nice. Be very evil anywhere you'd like. Mm-hmm. Get back Mance in the Warner, So uh, Ethan and I went to a handful of GCW shows over the past few months. Uh, we went to Chicago. We went to New York. And I think I speak for Ethan as well. When I say inadvertently, Mance Warner was part of our favorite moments. What I mean by that, we would be at these events, we'd be sitting down or whatever, and every event we were at, this old fucking bastard was there. Old ass <laughs> dude. And he had on this shirt, and in block letters, it Can said... I say it? Go ahead. Manser did my wife. <laughs> That's all it said. That's it. And this man... He loved it too. He was proud of that shit. He was walking around with a beer in his hand everywhere, repping hard for Manser fucking his wife. Mm-hmm. And picture it, middle-aged wife. white man. Manser fucked my wife. You could just Jim say shit. Jim Cornette was there. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> fine. Fucking person, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, both of those guys from I think all five of us here just get well soon. We'd love to see you back as soon as possible. Um, and then the other big news of the week, I mean, we were talking last week about the potential with John Moxley and Brian Danielson, um, and news came out that uh, Mox checked himself into an inpatient rehab facility for um, his alcohol problems. Um, so, best wishes to John Moxley. Not that he needs it, man. He's a tough-ass dude. Um, and if he's half yeah, as tough as he portrays yeah. himself to be, he's going to whoop this thing's ass, too. So, um, get well Amen. soon to Mox as well. Yes, yes. And there's always people that need help. You know, you get know? the help that you think that you need. Sure. You know, don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. Strong yeah. thing. It's mega tough, and and you know, hats off to I think a lot of the the wrestlers in the industry right now. They there hasn't been a single bad thing that anybody said about John Moxley, which is I think says a lot about Mox himself and how close like the entire wrestling community is. Like it's not like a us versus them um, type bullshit that a lot of the fans want. So. I don't know. It's just it was a cool moment of insight that um, that kind of showed exactly where everybody was with him and how uh, important he is. So get well soon to him too as well. Amen. I also think uh, it showed a lot of AEW and Tony Khan's true colors that it wasn't a thing. And you know, out of what nobody was there for the conversation, but I highly doubt Tony's first response was worrying about the tournament and whatever they had planned. You know what I mean? You know, 100%, it was all about you get the help you need. We'll figure this other shit out later, you know? Yeah, yeah like this shit is important when it comes to you having a daughter at home and you have a beautiful brand new mm-hmm. wife and you're building this family and like, rather, whatever the situation is or like you just grew up drinking like a lot of us did, uh, like that shit can get out of control and we've seen it time and time again. And especially when you're somebody that put your body through that 300 plus days a year in some companies. Um, luckily his schedule is a little lighter now, but like who's to say like what it's done to your body over the years, the stress you have of travel. Um, you can't blame anyone for being in that situation. And I give him beyond kudos for knowing that he needs to go get help and wanting it. And, uh, 
And like just uh, his wife's response to it, I don't know if you saw the tweet. I don't have it like in front of me or word for word, but essentially it was something like, uh, I've never been so proud of the man that I love. And like, that's the truth. It's like, you don't have to look down at someone for needing help. Like people fall on their face every single day. It's the people that get back up and the people that rather it be a chip that tells you you did it or you just patting yourself on the back when you reach a year, you know? And like whatever he has to do to get healthy and be in the right frame of mind, I'd love to see him back in the ring. But like that obviously comes with being the right state of mind. Last thing I want is for you to hurt yourself and especially hurt somebody else. And that's the last thing that he wants to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Renee's tweet was, thanks for this outpouring of support. John is every bit of the badass we all know him to be. I couldn't be more proud of him for getting the proper help that he needs and being given the space to put his health first. Couldn't possibly love this man more. Um, so just a Hell lot yeah. of love to that family, man. Um, Definitely. Mm-hmm. Just, I, he comes off as an angel of a human. And um, John's always been like nice to people like that he interacts with. Like yeah. went to the GCW shows in Tampa where he was on Bloodsport, like took pictures with the fans after the fact. It was like past when I left, but he was waiting around about to go get a beer and was just sitting there bullshitting with fans, like taking pictures and stuff. So not a, a dude that's full of himself and he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling. So. Uh, certainly some love to him for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. Has anybody uh, got anything on current pro wrestling before uh, we dive into the reign of terror? Uh, real quick, real quick. Um, I just want to give a shout out to King Xavier. Ah, yes. Yes. I just want to give a shout out to King Xavier, man. That's my boy. Right there. I love Xavier Woods. Consequences create forever. Consequences, <laughs> consequences <Yeah>. create. <laughs> Never forget. I just remember him throwing up in a ring. That's all I have memory. So. God. It's fine. God damn it. We do love King. Never King. let it die. Anyways. <laughs> People don't forget. Portland, let's get into this. WWE No Way Out 2003. Brother. Yes, sir. February 23rd, 2003, to be exact, at the Bell Center. In Montreal, Quebec, Canada, this is not the first time that WWE has returned to Montreal after the screw job. Several other times, but uh, tonight they let that shit run wild. So it's not the first time. No. So it's not the first pay per view. So I had asked Mike about this while we're waiting for you guys to set up, and then yeah, it was dated a lot of Raws and Smack. Dated a couple of Raws and Smackdowns, but this is the first pay per view since the screw job so like it's like there's like an extra added like level of like importance to this because it is been quite a few years since literal clusterfuck had happened so yes the clusterfuck well they don't try to give us one here with attendance of 15,100 people roughly at a buy rate of 450,000 uh this is the fifth no way out event it is the fourth annual however um, first taking place in 98, called No Way Out in Texas in Your House. Hmm. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre did replace it, uh, I believe, in 99. Wow. Uh, the infamous Stone Cold and McMahon Steel Cage match. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, that's the uh, only uh, glimpse in No Way Out's history at the time, um, which was also the debut of Paul White, who we will be seeing later on in this event. No jeans this time. Uh, No jeans, big big show. show. Big show and jeans. Big show and jeans. Yo, I'm on team jeans, bro. I'm on team jeans, guys. I'm on team guys. Make some team jeans and team no jeans shirts over here. I'm gonna buy you a whole set of jeans for Christmas, bud. 
I'll take it. Before we dive into the first match, just send him a shit ton of in big show size size eighty seven waist jeans. Are gonna take Christmas pictures with his family? Everyone gonna be in shit. Before we dive into the first match, Cortland, I have in my notes. The sound of Evanescence's hit single, Bring Me to Life, plays out the intro. Again, at the time, this is a home run on pay-per-view theme music choice. Yes. Yes. Uh, Also, I forget how much I enjoy those, like, panning shots of, like, the crowd as they're going live and, like, zooming in on fan, like, um, signs and stuff. Good shit, man. I enjoyed it a ton. Always, oh, uh, this crowd was great too. Like this crowd was amazing. The whole yeah, day. yeah. So I love getting to that. So uh, the pre-card we have is Sunday Night Heat have Rey Mysterio going over Jamie Noble in four minutes and fifty-three seconds, and we don't get the typical open for a pay-per-view where we usually have been seeing in the last few months, where it's you know the classic Freddie Blassie sitting here in an old locker room, and we got black and white shots, this and this angle showing up, and what and so forth. This time we just get the old seller, and uh, just, we're just shooting through the winds, and we just get a random guy that pops up on a cage and no way out. Raw and SmackDown presented, baby, no, and it looks cool as hell. But uh, "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence, which is the sound I feel of 2003, definitely. Like you said, um, definitely. We get coaching King here. I loved Coach opening this. That's the only other I note that I have. Coachman, Coachman leading us all like into this on commentary stood out as a massive positive. I told Ethan this. His voice just sounded really fucking good. Like he sounded confident in everything he said. Like to open, I loved it. Oh yeah. Um, I can't disagree with that. I guess. <laughs> Uh, we do have Coach here after JR was attacked by Eric Bischoff, which yep. uh, is just Black fun. belt in karate, Eric Bischoff. Eighth degree or whatever the Eighth fuck. Eighth degree is. black belt. He kicked yeah. his head through a cement block, right? Hell yeah, yeah. he did. He, yeah, yeah. he smashed a cement block on his head. Do you think that Eric Bischoff can beat up Goku? Oh, fuck I you. think <laughs> Eric Bischoff can <laughs> 100% beat up Goku. I'm going to leave this one to y'all. Y'all talk a whole lot of shit for no reason. I bet Eric Bischoff could beat up your dad. Well, the opening match is a <laughs> classic, in my opinion. Mm. It's Chris Jericho and Jeff Hardy. And now, I've said before uh, before we dipped last week into Halloween Havoc that I thought that Jeff Hardy has been walking around like he just jumped out of a well of opiates. <laughs> And I don't mean like, I mean like a drenching well. Like this man just crawled out like the fucking ring. Um, and he's just looking rough as hell. But it doesn't change the fact that he puts on one hell of a match, in my opinion. He has an amazing springboard uh, corkscrew off of the middle rope to the outside. Um, there's a lot of good storytelling here. They do a lot of it in the ring. Yeah. Uh, which means a lot to me because you just don't see it a lot. Um, this, I believe, is Jeff Hardy's last pay-per-view in the company yeah, before gets, his departure. He gets released. Um, he does get released in April, right? Yeah. Um, 
It's hard to say. Uh, Jericho is over as a heel in this crowd. That's Obviously, awesome. they're in Canada, so Dude. Jericho's getting. It doesn't the... count. He's in Canada. I actually didn't think he was that. Like, I, there was the initial like, "Yes, our fucking guy yeah. is here," because he opens well, the pay per view right. But then, like, yeah. as he's walking down the ramp, you kind of hear cheers to booze. Yeah, there was like, a point oh, in the match. Let's boo this. There was a point in the match that I specifically remember. Um, Jericho, I forgot what he did to uh, Jeff Hardy, but you hear booze like instantly. Like everybody starts booing, and then it just gets drowned by the loudest Y two J chant. That I probably ever in my life. <laughs> this crowd was all over the fucking place. All I day. enjoyed it though, man. I, it felt yeah, like they were smart in what they were cheering for and booing for. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't quite what I expected from it. I expected with considering it's the first one back since the screw job, you might think they'd be a little hostile or a little, you know. Eventually they were. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll get oh, there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. there. We're getting there <laughs> on a very undeserving person but yeah we'll we'll get there but uh as far as this match goes it it was really good at the time like Cortland said jeff was to me his raw matches and shit were so sloppy i just so for instance me and mike were comparing ratings on this and i watched this like probably two months ago and i gave it a little lower than what i think a lot of people went and but i think that was contributed to the fact of like Jeff was so sloppy in the weeks heading into this. And they were doing this thing where they were kind of trying to turn him heel and turn him face. And he was just being fucking weird. So watching it initially, I was like kind of just off put by it. But they really brought me back into it. It was a great match. I mean, well, yeah, I love I, match, dude. I, 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 really good. Because you, you, Ethan, have been going back through and watching all the Raws and SmackDowns, including oh, yeah. these. So, like, you actually got to have like that little extra where like, they were talking about how, like, Fucking Shawn Michaels was trying to like be like a mentor to Jeff at the time as well, and like I I don't fully remember it a whole lot, but it it was really weird. Like they just would like do stuff one week where Jeff was like acting up and trying to hit everybody with chairs and shit, and then the next week Shawn Michaels would come up to him and be like, "Oh, you at one point you're just kind of going off the rails." It seemed like I mean they could have been trying to go for a story, but it also felt like it would flip flop from week to week. Which, considering he's about to be let go, it kind of would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this matchup, we get a uh, we get a really cool whisper in the wind, a swanton bomb that Y2J gets a rope break on. Dude. After a reverse twist of fate, Jeff, which I love the reverse twist of mm-hmm. fate. Um, Jeff misses it. Yeah, Jeff misses the second swanton and catches an awesome lion salt for a long Canadian two count. Yeah. Now... Here's yeah. what I mean by that. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Canada, it sounds like they love to extend the one, two, and they just let that shit run forever. And it's awesome, dude. Every time they're there, I feel like I hear it more there than anywhere. Uh, Jericho has a great uh, rope leverage pin, and Jericho catches Jeff attempting a hurricanrana from the top with a devastating power bomb. Immediately going into the Lion Tamer, switch to a Lion Salt, the Walls of Jericho, or not Lion Salt, Walls of Jericho, and uh, and holds long after the submission, yeah. which tells a good bit of the story. Shawn Michaels runs out for the rescue. Uh, Christian close behind. Jericho and Christian get a double DDT from Shawn, clotheslining YJJ out, uh, giving Christian the sweet chin music. And uh, that pretty much wraps us up here. And it's really interesting. Because, however, I did say that I believe this is Jeff's last 
pay-per-view and it might be but i do remember like right after this i might be mistaken but he had this weird love thing with trish stratus that was going on (laughs) and i want to say that his last match in the company was in march or april and it was against the rock on raw and it was an awful three-minute match i i might be wrong but I remember watching it, like, as a kid and being like, damn, Jeff, that sucked. And then, like, next week, never seeing Jeff again. And I was like, damn. And, like, the whole story just got killed. And I was like, he was real bad, didn't you? Great job shit in the bed, buddy. Mm -hmm." Yeah. Hmm. Well, next up, we have a backstage segment with Team Angle. Ratings for the match? Yeah. 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 Ethan, what'd you give it? Um, Three stars. Nope. The the Swanton bomb fall finish was top to, like top notch shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't recognize like I remember thinking as a kid like ah fuck Chris Jericho like whatever he's all right, but like I feel like that was kind of like the thought with Jericho of like him not being a main event player at the time, but like dude he was like incredible great. at this time great. like great shit. I went three and a half on it. I loved it. The only other piece that I had, um was that, shockingly, the Canadian crowd was mega hot for Shawn Michaels. That was a shock to me, too. That was one of the things I mentioned in my review. I was blown away when they popped hard as fuck for him taking out Jericho and Christian. The only other thing I have is, um, don't hunt what you can't kill. It's still a shitty line, and whoever okayed that to be printed on T-shirts for Shawn should be beat up. God, I love you like that. <laughs> Sounds like I got an out. Oh, yeah. I gave this match three and a half. Like I said, I thought it was great storytelling. There was great spots. Chris Jericho carries it like, holy shit, he carries this match. Uh, I could have gone without the Shawn Michaels and Christian run-in. I feel like the story didn't need it. Um, Jericho and Shawn can tell a story you could tell, you could book that WrestleMania, right, without doing any of these bullshit ass segments, any of these attacks, and that match would have stolen the show, no matter fucking what, no matter what you've done with it. So I could have gone without it, but doesn't change and take away how I feel about the match. Like I said, I gave it three and a half stars. I think that it could have been better if I didn't know the outcome of Jeff. Looking at it with twenty twenty one eyes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I gave it. My fault. Go ahead. I gave it three and three quarters. I gave it four initially, but then I was like, "That's way too high." I gave it three and three quarters. I love it. Um, I no, fucking yeah. love this match, dude. I really it's fucking, fucking did. great. An opener. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Uh, an opener, you can't. One subtle thing, and it's gonna be a weird thing to notice, but one subtle thing that I love, uh, is when a pay per view kicks off. Like you said, you guys love Coach's voice. When pay-per-view kicks off, the, like, the opening monologue is straight as fuck, and there's no promos, there's no interviews. It's just straight to a motherfucker that people love, and Chris Jericho just comes out, and then you get dr- drugged out. Jeff Hardy, who's clearly on drugs, comes out afterwards. He's dripping paint, sweating everywhere. Like, it was just an amazing match. <laughs> it's like, 
Yo, you made that sound like every show starts with a drugged out Jeff. Are you like, yeah, you get this one guy, everybody loves him. Yeah, this, this one dude is like fucking coked out of his mind and he's like wet for some reason, but we don't know why. Depending on the city that we're in, it's the hometown hero. Then you, you get drugged out Jeff Hardy. Oh, you're going to get this fucking just, just opiate out of his mind southern boy and he's going to be Putting bl- black fluorescent paint on his fucking face. Yeah, Casey, what you going this match? Oh my god, um, I love that. I'm gonna give it three and a quarters. Three and a quarter. I I will say I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if it's because of the fact that you had a a Shawn Michaels with a Christian run in that the timing was off. But when Shawn gets into that ring, he is fucking walking. He yeah. takes the slowest steps to Jericho to be like, eh, to like, ev- like to have like Christian catch up. I I don't know. I watched it. I had to go back a little bit. And be like, why was he so fucking slow? Like, because it's like he's like slow at the beginning, and then Christian comes in. They do their like quick beat down, and then like he fires up to do like the the double DDT. But like, it just felt like the timing is really off on it. Um, but I could also just be like nitpicking like sean because you know i can um you know what kind of pants he had on oh they were jeans the only they weren't they were khakis they were the khakis oh damn uh-huh. i will He's also to go hunt <laughs> i will also say jericho overshooting the turnbuckle like in like from an irish whip was oh, great Jesus, yeah because he gets some fucking air to like yeah, clip his he head on the top fucking... of the turnbuckle to then go outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. And then at one point yeah, I mean, he, he goes... Oh yeah. And then another like great like, just like a nice spot which I don't I feel like just because of the moves that both of them are able to pull out it gets like kind of undershadowed. But Jericho going for like a second rope crossbody to be met with yeah. the harshest fucking just double leg Ooh. drop kick. <laughs> He gets kicked so fucking hard, but like I feel like for an opener like three and a quarter, it 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 was a good start to say the least. This is my highest rated match of the night, just so you know. Whoa, damn Damn big dog! I like that. So three and a half. Three and a half is our is our is our upper echelon for this card, baby. Which is. Three and a half is the highest I rated a match on this card. Oh, okay. I hope it's Stone Cold Eric Bischoff. We'll get there. It's fine. Oh, uh, it's, it would have been five match. stars in the Tokyo Dome. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, baby. All right. Well, next up is a backstage segment with Team Angle. And uh, essentially, he says, people may say you suck, but they suck. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool. I love Team Angle. He also said something else. Bro. <laughs> what, what did he say? Kurt Angle said... We're not in America. This is Canada, which is filled with bitter and jealous people who have no Olympic heroes of their own. And I just thought that was hilarious. That's all. Yeah. He <laughs> essentially TLDRs it to, oh, yeah, our opponents tonight, they're just like this Canadian crowd. They fucking suck and they're losers. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> My note for this, so it's like Y2J Jeff Hardy. The next note is team angle promo talk shit about Canada. That's it. <laughs> it's good. Well, next up, we have Evolution arrives in a limo and a flash at Stone Cold Steve Austin's truck. Yes, yes, yes. The, the super inconspicuous Stone Cold Steve Austin mobile. Yeah. 
I literally wrote down Triple H without facial hair freaks me out. No, he looks like a freaking freak, man. Because well, we're, we're weird. Because we're getting we're getting the beginnings of evolution where he doesn't have his hair either pulled back or it's already wet, so it's that weird, like floofy fucking main. But shit. he hasn't figured out that he wants to kind of look like fucking uh like he's a lead singer of Metallica yet. So like he hasn't grown the facial hair out, so it's very weird. Orton looks like he's fucking 16 years old. It's evolutions here. <laughs> and Batista's fucking tribal son on his stomach is taking over his whole body like venom. Hey, that should took him to the top, man. It did. Ugh, oh, it man. did. Fuck. All right. All right. Well, next up, we have RVD and Kane versus. Lance Storm and William Regal, and uh, we've gone on. Oh, what? this was a blast! The champs. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but I want to know who's going to get started on this before one. Before this match, I fucking hate Coach and King okay. as a fucking commentary team. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna it. I'm gonna piggyback off of this, and I don't know if this is your feelings as well, Pat. I do feel like. Like what Mike had said at the beginning is true, where where Coach is a very professional and like he everything he says sounds good. Their chemistry together is fucking dog shit, though. Yeah, straight up, literally. King himself is only good with Jr. Jerry the King Lawler with anyone else is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, I can agree with that. And it's always because he has such a just a he has. You have JR who's kind of borderline tired of his shit at all times. So it's like that chemistry works well. But like, I feel like he tried this with Coach and you're like, it's just not working. (laughs) What I think too is JR gets Jerry Lawler's weird Southern creepy guy humor. You know, not anybody else. You know, you're not going to put Jonathan Coachman or Michael Cole. Like, Jerry Lawler be saying some weird ass shit. You know, like, (laughs) JR knows how to. John O'Clock, motherfucker. Well, fuck, fuck him. Keep going, keep going. Um, Anywho, so, sorry. Regal yeah, actually this, gets concussed in this match. Yes, he does. Can we, can he we does. Jump to that? It starts fast and hard. A slam from Kane. A slam from Kane to Regal. Easy for me to say. Uh, seems to make his bell ring. Is what Puts I have. Puts him out cold. The most. This and, is the uh, last time he wrestled that year. The it's most, fucking yeah. February. It's the most routine power slam that he yeah. somehow Out. fucked up. Like it's Out like so a light. bad that like you want like I even in like the replays, like there's no mistaking that he didn't land on his fucking head and neck. Like it's clear <laughs> as day that Kane didn't give two fucks about protecting him. Like he just went yeah. up no, no, and no. he went literally up no. and over with them and straight onto his fucking head. I need <laughs> you guys to understand. My initial sentence here is yes. This is what you needed to do with Kane. He looked awesome in the opener. Next sentence. Oh, he concussed William Regal with a body slam. Yeah. Well, Tim has himself in. And uh, Regal and Storm had great tag chemistry. Yeah, they were great. Uh, It's quick tags, cutting the ring in half. They were great. Well, seeing it. Uh, Ethan and I have talked about this before. We fucking love Lance Storm and William Regal tag team. 
I think it's some of the coolest. It's good shit, shit man. It's good shit. It's great I will wrestling. say this is this is several, you know, podcasts in of us watching this time frame and them being champions, and they have grown on me more and more and more. And just I'm so awesome. fucking sad yeah. that like I feel like, yeah. you know, I feel like, like people like if they like watch back our podcast are gonna f- watch us fall in love with Lance. Yeah, really believe. I truly believe he's the shit, man. I love Lance Storm. He's a baddie with no personality. With no personality I was but... waiting on somebody to say, "God damn it!" Yeah. We're gonna reinvigorate. The love for Lance on God fucking right. wrestling Twitter. That's my. Yeah. That's where I want to. L four L love for Lance. <laughs> you know, really and truly, this <laughs> whole love for Lance. <laughs> the this yeah. match to me was just humorous. Not that Regal getting hurt is humorous. That no. isn't humorous. I hope no. he's alright. But that man was staggering around. I don't know where the fuck he's at. And then the finish. <laughs> I don't mean to fast forward to the finish. We can. But what do I remember from this match? Regal dancing his ass around and fucking Kane getting his mask turned backwards. And show Slam and RBD the most fucking goofy shit of all fucking time. It's so... Kane doesn't get a hot tag. The crowd is hot as fuck for Kane. Yes, man. And RBD. Um... <laughs> oh, man. Kane goes for a choke slam on Regal and Storm. Storm jumps on the back of Kane and stretches Kane's mask. RVD tags himself way. in, delivering a sidekick from the top, turnbuckle to William Regal. Yes. Storm pushing RVD into a yes. into Kane. <laughs> Kane choke slams his own partner, RVD. Drops that man Regal goes for the three as a legal man. And that is this your is finish. big red monster, but he gets turned so fucking upside down by his mask getting turned. It just is like, hey, what? I, in defense, I, I don't action. know how many times anyone's actually tried that on Kane. So I'm giving it originality points because Lance Storm was smart enough to fuck with his mask. And see, look at Lance. Yeah. Ain't got no personality, but he's got the brains. He's he like, got the brains, baby. If you could just be serious for a moment, you can move his mask. Speaking of this man's neck and grab his mask, and I was dying. I was like in tears, bro. Case is like, oh, oh." (laughs) you know what? I want, I want just a clip of five minutes of Kane fucking with his mask. (laughs) It felt like five minutes. It was a very long time. Well, I need more. I'm sorry, Mike. What were you? What were you saying before? Go ahead. Um. Speaking of brains, Landstorm has them. William Regal's were fucking scrambled with cheese. Um, this was the last time Regal competed in 2003. The concussion paired with a heart condition that was misdiagnosed what? as a parasite from an India tour. Just so you guys know, a heart condition misdiagnosed as a parasite shuts him down for the remainder of the year. Jesus. Jesus. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I gave it two and a half stars. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a quarter out here. I gave it two and three quarters. I enjoyed <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. Ethan, what are you trying to say? Oh, I just said in honor of Kane playing with himself for five minutes, I'll give it two and a half. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna big go. Dumb bastard. I'm gonna go two and three quarters because I like the fact that Lance uses fucking noggin. Yeah, dude. And like I said, man, these are quick tags. Like every time his partner were in the in the corner, it was immediate tag. Lance is always there. It's like in this era, it's really hard. Like I said this on another podcast before, um, two or three ago, that it's really hard for me to find a bad Lance Storm match, and that. Honestly, stems all the way to ECW in most of his matches, and that's why I enjoyed Lance Storm, and I enjoyed Jerry Lynn, and Just Incredible, and I loved watching his stuff with Shane Douglas. Like the work that all of them did together is so hard to try to compare it to anything else that we've seen now. It's like you're not gonna find another Lance Storm, you know? Like Such he was just good shit. The love yes. for Lance that is fucking exuding through this goddamn podcast every week is just insane. It's and I, I, I'm just also it's gonna, I'm gonna, Boy, I'm not gonna convince anyone to change their their ratings, Mike. <clears throat> but if you take away fumbling, bumbling fool Kane, you have a super concussed Regal almost instantly in this match. Still working the whole match, Storm and RVD. Like that alone is a good match. I love that Kane tried to pick him up and then was like, fuck it, I'll pin him. He'll kick out. Like, that was the best part of it. Which yeah, how Kane was just like, big dumb. There ain't no shot he's kicking out. We're fucking yeah. like this in two what? minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was oh. interesting. Um, I'm sticking at two and a half. You can suck me the fuck off. Um, it was. Uh, Man, it was something. Then they then they slow mo. Like imagine in 2021 with what we know about leading this E, them slow moing somebody landing on their bean, bah! It just vibrates their head, and then you just see them go and not move out fucking cold. <laughs> and they just continue the match. Quick tag. <laughs> yeah, it's just pin is get him out. Pin him. Shoot on him, brother. On apron, coach. <laughs> There's a moment on the outside where Regal and uh, Storm kind of meet up after the fact, and you could almost see on Regal's face, he's like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. How did I get that? here? And how can you not love this match? Regal's fucking loss. Kane's jumbled. You've got you've got one person on each team that has no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and then you got the baddie with the brains. <laughs> yeah, and then you got the guy's a goddamn fight. Frog splash. Four stars. <sighs> fuck it. Fuck it. I'll go to the fucking Four, work. Stars, four and a yeah. half of the Tokyo Dome. Four and a fifth. Stuck. So it's four twenty. There it is. Drink it in, you fucking pieces of dog shit. <laughs> after, all right, after oh, this, we get stuck in landstorm territory. We got Lord. Josh Matthews, Michael Cole's half broken stepchild. Oh, and Josh Matthews. He interviews V Money and Shannon Moore. The man, Shannon Moore. Shout out North Carolina. And uh, they're saying that Matt Hardy had to drop 10 pounds two weeks to. This. Compete for the Cruiserweight Championship against team. Billy Kidman. Good story uh, there. However, before we get into that, <laughs> in this interview, look, Matt sees Jeff look, look, and says, excuse me. I have the direct quote. I do too. 
<laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't just so wrapped up in your own imagination, that's a little glimpse to the future, and continue to be a Mattitude follower like you were for all those years past. An M effort. Then you probably wouldn't lose every match you were in nowadays. Have you thought about that? And then and what is Jeff? Dude, dude. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Dude. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. He says that, right? This motherfucker makes the smuggest face. <laughs> just like smuggest shit. Just like, mm. <laughs> and then, you think about that? Smacks the shit out of him. Uh, Shannon stops Matt, reminding him his match is about to come on. And we get the introduction of the SmackDown commentary team, which is Michael Cole and Taz. Oh, oh Michael God. Cole. Okay. Fancy tips. However, this match runs nine minutes and 31 seconds. Matt Hardy V1 versus Billy Kidman. And mm, Matt is nobody. My favorite thing. No one <laughs> yes. My favorite thing about Matt Hardy in this era is the entrance and the Matt facts. They show up every Monday. If you do not watch or follow Matt Hardy brand on the internet, go find this man for uh, Matt Fact Mondays because it never gets old. Uh, this time he, uh, what, what was it again? Uh, Matt, Matt does. Matt is annoyed by snow yes. and ice. Matt's annoyed by snow and ice. Matt does a quick deep arm drag and starts doing jumping jacks. Immediately, which got a huge pop out of me, dude. I just thought it was one of the funniest things that Matt's done. And uh, Taz says <laughs> Jeff had so much paint, he looked like he had chocolate. But Taz said a lot of things in his mouth. I have so many Taz quotes, man. Yo, um, can like, I say my favorite? He says a lot of things in this match. <laughs> Hold on, Ethan. I have one. Now, this one, maybe no one else wrote this down. Maybe no one remembers. But I put it in my review, and I know it was said. Oh, I know I wrote one down. Taz says, Shannon Moore is addicted to BJ. Yes. Michael Cole says, BJ? Taz says, yeah, banana juice. Banana juice. I know what we, all probably, we all probably caught it, but I'm going to read mine. It's a, you know why Matt looks heavier? Yes. Nut butter. He rubs he said nut he rubs butter it. all over himself. He's, he says nut he butter. He rubs it on his neck and chest area and it makes him sweat different. He says nut butter and then Cole goes nut butter and then he has to clarify. But I just, I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? I have Michael Cole's response written down actually. Michael Cole responded after he explained it and he said, What the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? I audibly, it was popped, so funny. At it. I audibly popped at it. Fuck Michael Cole, though. In my notes, actually. Like, I heard that shit, and I rewinded it, like, a hundred times. It was we, so funny. Uh, my something that about? nobody else probably has written down. Uh, my first note of the of the whole match, SmackDown referee Jimmy Corderas looks like shit. <laughs> when has he ever not? He looks horrible. He, has a he looks like a mess. This dude's been through three divorces. Every time they've left him for his best friend, it's fucked. His Chin head. It's, yeah. Oh my god. Chin strap and I want to say, you, you scumbag son of a bitch. This, I think, this, this match in particular is where I started to get really frustrated with the crowd. Because I swear to God, when Billy Kidman came out, three people cheered for him. 
There was no, there was no booze. There was no booze on the opposite end. It was dead fucking silent. Super flat. And there was Billy Kidman and his theme song. That's a a love relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The other note that I have, the other note that I have is because this is a Billy Kidman match, Cortland rated this four stars. (laughs) That's a true note that I have written down. Because this is a Billy Kidman match, Cortland rated this four stars. I do not. I do not. You can run if you want to, but you can't. Yeah. I actually stopped myself from going on a full fucking Billy Kimmins, the greatest. We love Billy Kimmins, man. We love uh, Billy Kimmins. This man is accepted in every house I ever own. Uh, <laughs> love that man to death. Uh, I want to point out something about Shannon Moore. I don't know if y'all know this. They're calling Shannon Moore a little mf <laughs> My favorite and thing has ever happened awesome, in pro wrestling. This whole V1 is just fucking great, man. I loved it when it was happening. I love it even more that I'm older, and I really get the humor behind it. Um, it's just fucking awesome, dude. Uh, it's odd seeing Matt work a powerhouse style, though. Yeah. Uh, in this match, we don't really see that a lot, obviously. And uh, Billy misses a shooting star press, which looked or a shooting star that just looked fucking devastating. Uh, Matt lands uh, another devastating twist of fate for a late two count. Matt sets Billy on top of the rope for a superplex. Kevin reverses, looking for another star press. Shannon Moore trips Billy. Matt captures the cruiserweight championship following an avalanche twist of fate. Mike, Mike. Mike, what's up? Billy Kidman kicks out of that first twist of fate, and Matt Hardy looks at the ref and says, No way, that was the twist of fate! And I lost my fucking mind. That was so genuinely good to me. I loved it, because it was like, there's no fucking way, like, that was my finisher. No way he kicked out of that. It was good shit! Yeah, it is. It's fucking awesome, man. I loved a lot of stuff that Matt was doing around this time. Uh, like I said, a really cool avalanche twist of fate. Yeah. Uh, if that's what I could call it, I suppose yeah. that's what it would be called, right? Avalanche yeah. twist of fate. It's just sick. Um, the way that Billy takes it, it's fucking awesome. It's like he just fucking floats <laughs> off of the turnbuckle, but he lands like this close to the corner, you know, like where his feet are. Like, it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, it huge Billy Kidman fan. intended it to be. You know what I mean? It was as rough yeah, as they yeah. intended it to be, but it was still so smooth. Yeah, I gave this match three and a half stars. I wanted to give it more, um, but I do feel like I am biased, especially when it comes to the Hardys and especially when it comes to Billy Kidman. I love this match. Personally, this is one of my favorites between the two of them. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I enjoyed it a lot. How do y'all feel about it? Um, anyone? Go on ahead, Pat. What Pat. you got? Go ahead, Pat. Um, it's like a, kind of a side note that I have written down. Um, it's not really necessarily about the match, and I don't mean to bring the pod into a somber mood, but I think you should have. Um, it's weird. Here he goes. I I think it's weird that uh this night we had a Jeff singles match and a Matt Hardy singles match. Jeff lost his match. You get the the backstage. Combo, the slap, the real disrespectful shit you hear from Matt Hardy. 
the slap, Matt Hardy goes on to win the Cruiserweight Championship, and then then Jeff gets released like two months later. It's like, it's it's sad, you know, because you know in front of you, like on TV, yeah. but in real life. You know yeah. what I mean? In real life, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what'd you go though, Pat? Except fuck all that. Uh, nah, it, I, it was I believe rated it low as fuck. It was like two, two and two and a quarter, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, that's where I rated it. Don't feel bad. And that, really? To me, that's not bad though. I don't rate yeah. something yeah. like that when it's bad. Something bad is two and below. Yeah. 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 Um, I went three and a quarter on it. Uh, something that like stuck out to me a lot was that Kidman fighting to overcome like the odds with Shannon Moore didn't feel important until it was important. Right. Uh, and I love that shit. Like, it shouldn't constantly be a threat, but when it's a threat, it should be a fucking threat, you know? Uh, yeah. And so it just stuck Absolutely. out to me. I loved the match. I thought it was great. I ended my note with all hail Mattitude trademark symbol. I forgot about MFers. Oh, yeah! I forgot about MFers, and I got real excited when they brought it up again in this match. Um, yeah, I I was like fuck, I, and it's one of those things where like, yeah, as a kid you don't fucking pay attention to it really a whole lot, so them bringing it up was great. But I give it three. I I do feel like Kidman himself was always underappreciated in his run with the WWE, and it always bummed me out because he put on some fucking just yeah. insane matches, and also yeah, fucking that goddamn finisher is terrifying as shit. He's the only yeah, one that can yeah. really land it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the cruiserweight division was overlooked, though, at the time. Oh, like, constantly. The cruiserweight division was Definitely. so good, man. Constantly. It wasn't taken seriously until you saw Jamie Noble and Billy Kidman really put on classics that you saw on Velocity, on Velocity. and you saw on Heat. Yeah. yeah. But over time, those matches were openers for pay-per-views. They yeah. eventually... If I'm not mistaken, they eventually got that feud got put on WrestleMania on main card. That was some white trash shit. So like, <laughs> I know. No, it was awful. Oh, I'm being double wide, baby. Like, dude, Jamie Noble great. and Nidia. Oh my god, uh, Ethan. I saw you talk, but I didn't hear you. Buddy. What'd you say? Oh no, it wasn't nothing important. I was say, does anybody remember the Paul London? And it was I can't remember who he was yes. facing. The one where he got busted over. Oh. Or does oh nobody remember that? I'm terrible with this. It was, uh, it was, I want to think it was Billy Kidman, or it may have been Chavo. I can't remember. I just remember that match from when I was a kid being really God, fucking good around I the time. fucking miss Paul Was Martin. it the split of him and um, Brian Kendrick and Paul London? Thank you. I don't think they had teamed yet. It was like 04. It was before 04, 05. It was right oh, when Paul okay. London started with WWE. Okay. Okay. For sure. I'll have to look it up. I'm bringing back to you next week. I love the hell yeah, Anyways, move along. All right. Well, next up, we see Benoit and Brock Lesnar and Stephanie McMahon checking on an attack to Edge. Edge is down in the back. We do not see what happened, but we can only assume. Yeah. Um, you know, we can only assume. <laughs> but after that, anyone got a comment for this segment? Yo, how y'all feel about Christian Wall being the first person I've seen him cry? Um. I Inconsolable. I, I, the I, back doors open. The dogs are outside. I, it's a tough go for Chris Benoit here. 
I I wrote down, and I want no one to get mad. I wrote down. There's something about Benoit freaking over, freaking out over his lifeless body. Uh, <laughs> uh, Any chance at like monetization? We literally just flushed down the toilet. We can't until after. It just can't. Dude, come on, man. He's like freaking out over his body and he's not moving. He's like fucking edge. Like, it's just, it's not. uh, It's just not. It's called long-term storytelling (laughs) and future (laughs) storylines. Somebody take the fucking microphone from these two motherfuckers. I got you, my bad. Next, we've got Big Show versus Undertaker. Now, see, this is what's going to get me fired up. Big Show and Undertaker. (laughs) My God. Big Show is with Paul Heyman. We get a package here. Uh, this match goes 14 minutes and 8 seconds, and you see Show Throw Taker from a stage to equipment. Taker last, rise, Kendrick, brother love, choke slam, Cannon, I think is who it was in the package. Uh, it was Chris Canyon, and given that we just had yeah. the Dark Side of the Ring episode recently, like it just felt yeah. dirty. I literally have, that. oh Jesus, the Canyon incident was part of the build up to this oh. match. <sighs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's rough. It's filled dirty. Ass cheeks. Also in all caps, no jeans for big show. I wrote no more yeah. jeans show is 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 how I build this. I really were just like anti-jeans big show because I was watching this man like ew digging somebody take this man to the big and tall store. <laughs> <laughs> I was that man some that. pants. <laughs> or as Lance calls it long boys. Show looks better in jeans. Oh man, I hate this fucking episode. <laughs> no, yo, for real though, I don't, I don't know how y'all feel about, it, but this match fucking ruled. I like it. it I go ahead, Ethan. My bad. No, that's my bad. My bad. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, let me get through it. We'll talk about it. Oh, Taker looks awesome here, and Cole saying the big dog is in his yard. I don't know if that sounds familiar to anyone watching wow. current wrestling. Ooh. There's a beautiful suplex from Big Show here. I will give Big Show that. I even wrote it down. I thought it was fucking executed flawlessly. Taker, uh, Taker got erect up there, buddy. He was straight yeah, he fucking, up in the air. It was awesome. Um, Heyman screaming. It adds a lot to this match to me. Um, Taker gets busted open in yeah. uh, a time frame that I don't... Yeah, it it's it's a lot. Um, I don't know really how I feel about the sequence of how this match went. I feel like you could have told the story in a different way. Uh, maybe I'm just looking at it from my weird. What, what, what way would you? What way do you have in mind? I would make. I want to hear what you guys say. I don't. I don't want to argue. Personally. <laughs> I personally would make, like, think about this. Do you remember the Shawn Michaels Undertaker match where they're just beating the shit out of every single fucking referee that is near them? You could have done that in this match, and it would have made Big Show look unfucking touchable for the next year. 
You could have done anything like that, where it's just uh, immediate, you know, like them just going out of the ring, just staying out of the ring longer than a 10 count, but the ref waving it, knowing that the rivalry is so important, there must be a finish to it. Yeah. Um, it just goes on and on and on and on. And what are you laughing at? My- it's not you. It's not you, I promise. Mike found something out. I, I, I did, and it's not important until next episode, which I will touch on. God damn it. All right. Anywho. Uh, well, anyways, like I say, I feel like it could have been j- just done differently, and it would have told the story and could have extended it longer if that's what they were planning on doing. Luckily, I think this was the me to it. Uh, Taker uses a low blow while Brian Hebner was stunned. Go figure, Brian. Big Show Snake Eyes Taker, which I was really surprised to see Undertaker take a move that he usually gives to somebody else every week. Uh, but I thought it was cool that he was giving enough to do it. Undertaker does a huge suicide dive that you more so saw later on in his re- later WrestleMania moments. Uh, this is one of his better dives, obviously, because it's 2003 and not 2010. He still um, got dangerously close to one of the lights on the ramp. Yes. So yeah. it's just like the constant, yeah. like, he's too fucking big to do them and almost kills himself or someone else in the process. And I think this is yeah. one of the first times he's ever yeah. done it because everyone lost their fucking yeah. minds when he did it. See, though. that's the thing. That's what made this so good to me is the effort that both of them yeah. put in. Taker was selling his fucking ass off. Big Show was on point. Yeah. Not that either one of these guys are ever like outright bad. I mean, I guess you could say Big Show is outright bad sometimes. But how deep was no? Go ahead. How deep was Taker into the big evil moniker at this point? Deep, right? Like so, this is 2003. We're like a we're like a solid like two. We're like over two years into this. Two years. Yeah. Still the worst fucking entrance ever, though. That song is so bad. You hold it now. Is that the same guy that sings the Big Show's theme song? It just hit me. I need to know. Mm-hmm. Is the big I was going to ask, I was gonna ask earlier. I, mean, I don't mean to double back, but I was going to ask, is the Billy Kidman, like, is the artist of that theme the same one as the yes. AJ Styles theme? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, all in whatever. Yeah. Pretty much everything at that time was produced by Jim Johnston. Yeah. I believe in WWE. Yeah, rappers, bro. Uh, anyways, Undertaker does a huge suicide die to an interfering A train. Uh, Show plays possum really well. He choke slams Taker while going for a pin. Taker catches Show in a triangle choke for the submission. And it's really surprising that we see it, although it does make sense. You're not going to, if your three finishes, one of them being your opponent's finisher as well. Yeah. You're going to do this trade-off of who's going to get this move done. And what's the best way for you to believe that The Undertaker could beat someone like The Big Show? Because you got to remember, like, yeah, it's The Undertaker. And we look at him as the fucking, uh, you know, full yeah. and gray, immortal, sit up from anything, get... Stamp, stepped on and whatever, but we're in the midst of Taker can get beaten by anybody. Yeah. I have that, dude. I have. I forgot how vulnerable they made Undertaker look during this period. Exactly. Um, um, and it I... just so doing the triangle choke rather it doesn't fucking look good because it's 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 not one. Um, 
You can call it whatever you want. It's just not great. They've changed it a hundred times. Hell's Gate, Triangle Choke, fucking, you know, whatever. Um, Taker grabs a chair to continue the assault, but A-Train slams Taker and says it's his yard. And uh, that's pretty much where they end up with this one. Uh, I gave this match two and a quarter. I enjoyed it. Um, Actually, wait. Did I, look, did I say something look, wrong? Look, man. Oh, no, actually, I was wrong. I gave it two and three quarters. Two and three quarters is what I wrote down for it. Um, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was good for what it was. It's really hard for me to enjoy a big show match simply because it's just the pace of it is a little hard for me to enjoy sometimes. Um, however, I thought it was super entertaining. And like Ethan said, the effort that the two of them put in for it to be worth the 14 minutes and eight seconds that you would get out of an Undertaker and Big Show match, I enjoyed it. Because it could have gone on longer and it could have been way slower. God. So, My thing about Big Show matches, and this is coming from a guy who's always the indie mark and the Japan mark and all that. So, whoop-de-doo, you know, I like spots and shit. But at the same time, when Big Show has a good match, he can be compelling. And it's rare because he moves slow as shit. But when you have somebody like Taker selling his ass off, and the story into this, it fucking, the build sucked ass. I mean, it was basically Big Show or Taker never getting to get his hands on Big Show, and they did it for like four weeks in a row. But yeah, yeah, yeah. then they get down to this moment, and they start this match, and Taker just flips over the fucking top rope and charges his ass. Uh, boom, bang. This, yeah. you know, it took four weeks to get here to deliver this match that is really good but i mean you know you could have done this before now but to me it's just taker charges him gets his hands on him and then he takes a fucking ass whooping they headbutton one another busted open takers fucking then that fucking dive the comeback this is fucking easy shit you know i mean it's just basic ass pro wrestling i love basic yeah. ass wrestling sometimes. oh yeah man three and all a right. quarter three and a quarter me. all right gotcha go ahead casey what you got Hell yeah, dude. so there's two things I wanted to touch on, just because I like to always have my little pony poops here. Uh, first of all, I think we have gimmick infringement um, on Randy Orton, of all people. Mm. Big Show is being called by Paul Heyman throughout the entire match that he is the legend killer. Yeah, you've called him legend killer a million times. Like a thousand times. So, I feel like Randy Orton owes Big Show some money. Um... Second, Wait, is this during Legend Killer or we no, pre Legend Killer? Randy's been in the Randy's been in the business for like two and or, a half weeks. Like or he's, he's barely yeah. even in evolution at this point. He's he's, yeah, he's baby so Orin. Randy debuted like April twenty fifth of Yeah, two. So like we're like just under like a year of him being there. Um, he just started fucking with Evolution. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the other thing, and it might be controversial, it might not. I don't really know how y'all feel about it. I don't like the weird elements of MMA that Taker added to his arsenal. That's I don't like the gloves. I think that he is a dog shit striker. Them constantly being like, his strikes are super, <gasps> and his, like, his constantly on his fucking knees and like, eh, 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 to your fucking the meanest striker. I hate it. That triangle choke, as you already said, Corlin, was absolute 
dog shit. <laughs> I just like for someone who was, you know, at this point, we're billing the decade of destruction. He's been in this for a minute. Like he's been doing this. Like he's he already has this like list of move sets, but then we're now adding more. Like it's just it wasn't necessary for us for him at all. I I've just I think it took me out a little bit of the match because I don't like those elements. Would you go on a Casey? Uh, two and a quarter. I went two and a half on it. Um, I really enjoyed how big, like how uh, the Undertaker still showed like small little heel tendencies, the low blow when um when Brian Hebner got distracted. Speaking of being distracted, fucking Ethan over here cracking. I'm not the butt. only one. Look down there. There's somebody else snickering too. Um. It hit me just before, which is why I started laughing when I looked to what this leads to in WrestleMania and who is there. Um, the Australian psychopath himself, and I'm very excited to touch on him. Um, real pumped on one uh, Nathan Jonesifer. I don't want to cut you off, but you brought it up, so it's been bugging me. So here they go, y'all. We had Roland. As Taker's theme song. And then randomly we got rid of that theme song. For this Money. dog shit one that we have. Oh, to then geez, have him but then to have him come back at WrestleMania to have Limp Biscuit play Roland live. It just, I don't, was there like a money issue? I don't know if anyone else is like, I don't know if I'm just psychotic enough because I hate that theme song to like not they wanted understand. to make you work for it, but I guess, but like he had it, he didn't have it, he has it again. Like I forget where Kid Rock was at this point in time when he had that one, because that one's an underappreciated one as well. Yeah, that shit was good. I'm sorry, you brought up fucking WrestleMania, and I had to bring it up because it's been Big I, Nate Jones, mm. though. That's where we're headed. I'm excited. I'll have you know, y'all know he debuts at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, his match. That wait, that was his Yes, because I just scrapped the whole him in prison fucking gimmick, and now he's just Taker's like side hand yep. guy. Because I just finished yeah. the last SmackDown before Mania 19, and Nathan Jones is supposed to have his debut match. And he just beat the shit out of goddamn Chuck Palumbo in the locker room. And he's like, <laughs> and Taker's like, you do that? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I guess we're just going to have to save your debut for WrestleMania. <laughs> it was just weird. That is weird the shit. best Australian accent ever. <laughs> Since I don't know we're already talking about like, Nathan Jones. All Since Nathan Jones is to me is, is a muscled up psychopath fucking convict. Nathan Jones, this is what I started laughing about, God Ethan. Nathan Jones won two awards in 2003. Worst both, wrestler, right? Both from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. The oh, first shoot. one is Worst Wrestler of 2003. The second one, Most Embarrassing Wrestler of 2003. <laughs> that is why I was laughing earlier. He's dog We'll have to unfortunately recover it, but doesn't he only do like a spinning, like like a roundhouse kick in that match? Yeah. It's called and that's it. <laughs> what the fuck ever Malachi Black calls his finisher. Let's call it the same fuck. No, it's don't you fucking, fucking dare. Black mass. That's right. <laughs> Bring Nathan Jones back. 
Hell yes. No. Justice for Nathan Jones. Yeah. Um, I was yeah, looking yeah. to see. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's still wrestling. In 2008, Jones signed with Total Stop Action. But nerve damage caused by a cement truck hitting his left arm kept him sidelines and he didn't wrestle. Now, how the, the fuck did that big motherfucker get in that scenario? Australia. Mm-hmm. That's how. He hey, yo, check out Nathan Jones' IMDb, though. He got some action movies, don't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah they go in Mortal Kombat 2021, you sons of bitches. Yeah. Oh, well, God. Nathan Jones. Nick? Oh, love it. No, no. I'm not gonna. I, I, look, I'm gonna let you guys have the match. I'm gonna just stop talking. That's fair. I loved A Train's <laughs> pose over The Undertaker after the. You noticed that no opinion on the big show Undertaker match. What'd you give it a dud? Look, I'm not gonna say I hated it, but you hated it. I hated it, bro. Like, look, look I can't take it seriously at all, man. First of all, fuck Paul White. Like, I'm not a big fan. Um, I'm not gonna say. Like I said, I'm not gonna say I hated the match because it wasn't bad. It just was like it's not for you. I don't care, bro. It was I don't a, like watching two big dudes wrestle. It wasn't um, a great story. It was a slow fucking match. Like, I get it. I hated that whole storyline. When Buddy Love came out of the box, the only cool thing about that was when Buddy Love got the entire out for his person. Like, but uh, yeah, everything else. And um, honestly, I will say the, 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 the dive was cool because when he does the dive, uh, Albert comes to, and then Undertaker pops up, and he instantly just looks to his left. And punches Albert in the face. I thought that shit was the funniest shit ever. But other than that, yeah, I could, yeah, I can give a ass about that match. I'm never gonna watch it again. <laughs> All White has has two shirts, a zip up hoodie, a mug, and a beanie. I'm fitting your whole fucking closet. Let's with go. Paul White shit for Christmas. I wear a Paul White beanie to I don't know, probably nowhere. But <laughs> no more BS, but no more, no more BS. BS. No more BS. Well. <laughs> this is a Next, shit uh, show. We have Bischoff and Val Venus are in the back, and uh, they're conversing. And Mince enters and says, "If anyone interferes in the Stone Cold match, they will be fired on the spot." Mm. Fired. Following that, Big Vince. I mean, Big Vince was coming back with the heat too. Next, we get an update. On the next match, which has now turned to a two-on-three handicap match between Benoit and Lesnar versus Team Angle, Kurt Angle, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas. This match is 13 minutes and 19 seconds. We get the infamous Taz, here comes the pain call as soon as the music hits. And I miss hearing it. Miss it. Love that shit. Brock looks like a million bucks here. Charlie Haas has beautiful Germans throughout this whole match. Looks like he's just effortlessly tossing people to fuck around. Um, Cole points out Benoit and Engel are two for two in their last four matches, making them tied. Uh, Lesnar does get one of the hottest tags of the night so far. Benoit and Engel do their amazing ankle lock to cross face reversals over and over again. You could watch that shit in every match. And I'm going to be a huge fan of that, yeah, that segment of it. Haas um, saves Angle from Benoit, but catches a crossface and taps out while Angle receives an F5 at the same time. Yeah. And I love yeah. finishes like this because it's the, o- 
they're overcoming the odds. You got the crippler, Chris Benoit. Canada, 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 Canada. In Montreal, Quebec, you got Brock Lesnar that just looks like a fucking hockey goal. Um, and he's just like <laughs> this all the time, you know? Fucking big and, son of uh, a bitch. They just whoop these dudes' asses. What cooler way to make Canada feel good? Just dudes in American flag onesies getting their fucking ass whooped by their heroes. Yeah. Um, I think that Charlie Hoss and Shelton Benjamin are super underrated when it comes to a tag team. Uh, I would. I really wish that Charlie Hoss didn't walk away from professional wrestling. Um. It does suck. However, it is what it is. Shelton Benjamin finally back with the Hurt Business. At least the last time I turned on WWE programming, Hurt Business was a thing again. Um, I enjoyed the Hurt Business. I hope that continues. Uh, I think that Shelton Benjamin has a lot to offer any company he goes into, especially the locker room, younger talent. Um, This is a really cool match, man. I uh, gave this match three and a half stars. Uh, I probably could have gone higher. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. How about y'all? I went three and a half as well. Just good Ooh. shit. I mean, you put all everybody in here, and like you said, Haas and Benjamin, the thing too is, think about how quickly they jumped in and adapted to working uh, with fucking, fucking yeah, Benoit yeah. Lesnar. They jump right in because they can fucking go. This, this yeah. match is just good shit. I mean, there's no fucking overarching dramatic story. It's just these motherfuckers wrestled, bro. Three and a half. There's no bells and whistles here. Yeah, bro. Yeah, no bells and whistles. It's just an ass beater for almost 13 and a half minutes. And these, they leave it all out there. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah, it's on right now beside me to the left. It's fucking great. Um, Pat, how'd Pat, you feel about it? Pat, where'd you go? Um, actually, I uh, rated it low, and then I rewatched it earlier, and I went three and a half. Um, I think what it was initially for me was like, it's just too good of a match, dude. Like it's like everything perceived, everything's perfect, everything's good. You kind of just like you get lost you get in lost that. It's supposed to, to like, be that way, exactly. You know, like uh, yeah, it's a great match, though. Great wrestlers. I will say, um, I never for one second thought that Chris Benoit and Brock Lesnar were going to lose this match. No, <laughs> <laughs> for I one second. That. Like, uh, but still, like that doesn't even take away from the match. It's great. Everybody was great. Like, um, it's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Casey? So, a couple of small, like, little tiny things. First of all, the, with Team Angle, no, with team, team Angle coming out and then having Kurt do his double finger points to the first pyro and then Charlie doing it to the second and then you got Shelton on the other side doing it to the third. It is, like, the, the most subtle like nuanced shit, which I truly believe still puts them in at least my top five favorite factions. Like Team Damn. Angle's so goddamn it's just everything about it. Yeah. Like they were smooth as shit. They like were just awful heels. Like it, it was like it, but it was always like the angle way of being a heel. I loved it. Um I had another one. I think it was the F5 and Crossface, like, at the same time was just beautiful. Like, it almost was like a what could have been as, like, a really weird fucking tag team. 
Yeah, um, also, like, I know it's still, we're still a little new with Lesnar at this point. He's been around for a minute, but, like, him coming out with zero pyro is weird to me. Whether it's the pyro on the ramp or him jumping up onto the ring pyro, which was always so good. Um, but, like, this is a solid three and a quarter match. I have nothing nothing against it. It's just, yeah, it was, it was a good solid. handicap match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went. I went three and a quarter as well. Uh, the first thing that jumped out at me was I don't know if Brock was like jawing with Kurt Angle, but the camera clear as day picks up Kurt, look dead at Brock, and say, "It's three on two, you fucking son of a bitch." It was my favorite <laughs> part of Kurt Angle talking. It was so sick. Um, dude, I forget. It's so easy to forget how good Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Were. Yeah, like man, seriously, dude. Everything no. they did was so Dude. pinpoint precision. To like a team, like an actual unit where you work with the person. The person beside you knows Dude. exactly what you're about to do, where you're going to be, and how you're going to do it. It's really hard to find another tag team like that. And currently, in my opinion, the only other tag team that comes close to that is FTR. Yeah. I knew it. You ready to say something? Oh, no, I was just going to say that this time, too, they booked a lot of singles matches with them. Like, after this pay-per-view, uh, they were doing, like, fucking Eddie and Shelton and Eddie and Charlie Haas and Chavo and Charlie Haas. And it's like, dude, they're just so good little singles matches because they're just fucking working the mat, dude. Yep. And it's crisp. It's good. It feels like a fucking wrestling Light. contest, yeah. you know? Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, we're going to dance around out here for a little bit. It's like, these motherfuckers grappling. They're just fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Portland, I'm just going to echo what you said, man. Lesnar looked fucking awesome in this. Always, um, baby. He hits, a, he hits a, a stereo gorilla press slam on Team Angle, like on Haas and Benjamin. It's like one after the other. I was, it, They were perfect. Um, I loved the finish to this because Benoit was made to look small in this to make Lesnar look way bigger, right? But then you have Benoit with the cross face on, and people are trying to break out of that. Like, they're trying to, like, break the mission. And he's getting stomped on, and he just fucking tightens up more. Good love shit. It. Love uh, it. I love it. Love absolutely it. loved it. I went three and a quarter on it. Um, I also loved Lesnar posing with the belt. And again, you pick up yeah. Angle saying, get my belt! Good, yeah, that was good shit from Kurt Angle. I forgot about that. Him, and now, unfortunately, great. we go from an awesome match to this fucking dog shit thing happening. The crowd gets yeah. five stars. Now, you know, one day we got to compile a list of worst matches of all time. Both of these <laughs> consist of old ham cubes himself. That's right. Triple H. The reason we're all here. Triple H versus ham cubes. Scott Steiner, <laughs> old Shoney's ass, Ryan's ass, Golden Corral motherfucker. Whoa. You Jesus. are so awful that it hurts to watch. It reminds me, like, if someone walked up to me and said, hey, man, show me a pro wrestling match. I fucking promise Scott Steiner will never come up on 500 matches of how to entertain a casual pro wrestling fan. He just isn't in the list. So <laughs> how do you get that off my chest? I feel like he is 
so bad that he is entertaining. So I'll I'll counter that. It, this fucking sucks. I don't know, man. You could say what all. Like, I'm sure you have great notes for it. This match fucking sucks. Here's this. No, <laughs> yeah, great. no notes needed. No notes needed because here's the issue. Nothing about this was compelling. Nothing about this made you want to be invested. And here's the deal. This was plotting. This was boring. But there's nothing here. All right, you got Triple H, right? Triple H, you put him in there as a fucking heel with somebody who draws some sympathy or somebody who's fiery and you want to see whoop some ass. Scott Steiner is a bulk of fucking flesh standing there to me. <sighs> nothing more. And then he can cut some funny shit backstage because he runs his damn mouth and sounds like an idiot. But that ain't shit. This match sucked. I could care less what Scott Steiner does ever in life. The crowd yeah, 100%. aggressively hated Scott Steiner. Like yeah, I yeah. like they hated him. They cheered the shit out of Triple H. Why did they book this yeah. this way? Like to me, it's like, okay, if you're booking this when Scott Steiner comes into WWE, right? Is it supposed to be a dream match? Or like what's the point of doing this? Who benefits? Portland, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt anything. so you can, you can tell us about this match. I don't know. And you can tell the listeners about it, but, no. um, man, this uh, this was a shitter. Yeah, man. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drop a little bit of what I have. Uh, so, touching back earlier on the King and Coach thing, I'm not a Jerry the King Lawler fan. I think that uh, most of his commentary, his color commentary, is nothing that I care for. It's all puppies, puppies bullshit. And, like, I'm here for pro wrestling. I get there's a good majority of the audience that rather see that shit. And, like, that's fucking cool and all. But, like, I'm here to see pro wrestling. If you want to see that shit, you can go on any other website. Go be a fucking weirdo somewhere else. However, King has subtle... Don't count out our hub sponsors. Yeah. (laughs) Um... King has subtle spots in his commentary that I love. Like earlier, whenever Evolution arrived, speaking of this match, and you get the stone-cold glimpse of the truck, and without anyone saying anything, you just get King's little, like, oh! Like, the... the Oh, my God. I love little things like that, because he made those little segments, those little hints of what's to come more important. Yeah, yeah. However, beyond your sounds and catchphrases, I don't give a shit what you have to say or your opinion on Memphis wrestling, because I just don't give a fuck. However, However, they have a nose-to-nose to start this match. (laughs) And Jerry the King Lawler says, be careful, Steiner. Triple H will win any nose-to-nose contest. <laughs> fucking good shit. <laughs> the, thing about Jerry, the thing about Jerry is you just need a little remote control with his little button phrases because that's the only thing he'll do this any good. He'll have a good funny line here or there. He'll do a little chuckle at the right time. But like you said, other yeah. than that, he's just dog That's what I'm telling you. He needed JR. Yeah. Because JR mm-hmm. can, can do a solo commentary by himself, but to have the weird nonsensical bullshit coming out of the right side of him being Jerry the King, like being Jerry, like it helped that nuance, but without, without having JR there, like Jerry. you're just letting this fucking, like it almost is like, let's just let Scott Steiner do commentary by himself. You have this rambling fucking lunatic just saying whatever the fuck comes to mind and 
coach isn't gonna <laughs> stop him. <laughs> he doesn't get paid yeah. enough for that. Like we're we're talking so much about Jerry the King Lawler here, but let's not yeah, I'm, forget, gonna, I'm moving on. Let's not forget about the, the true heel in this match. Earl Hebner, that scum. I'm getting to that. Fucker. <laughs> we are getting to that. So, <laughs> so before we jump too far ahead, uh, they used the Evanescence song for this promo, dude, and it felt like this fucking riff. This, this riff went about 20 years too, too long. Too fucking long, dude. Like... Like, dear God, you! I don't even think Daredevil the movie dragged on as long as that fucking promo did. Like, Jesus Christ, It's still man. done really uh, the, well. Like, it's done it was, well, but, like, that song yeah, and that promo is. are just not. It was, yeah. Yeah. The promo, the, pa- the video package itself is done well. I enjoy the video package. Don't the song over it is just, it's oh, a lot, man. Shit. But the crowd. I thought it was great. The crowd is 100% behind Triple H here, just like all of us. Uh, Even Scott Steiner does push-ups to dead silence. The crowd does not give a fuck about this, so much so that they start chanting at Earl Hebner, like Mike said, the heel of this match. They're chanting the famous phrase that only Canada can do right, and that's you screwed Brett. And I don't know if Earl screwed Brett but I love when they tell him that he does because that <laughs> motherfucker clams up mm. and he just, he forgets how to do his job. So quick. I believe Vince McMahon when he said Brett's Brett, God damn it, screwed Brett. Brett screwed Brett, baby. I believe that shit, my Brett. This match also received. I'm just gonna throw it in there since we're talking about the crowd. They got. Uh, this match got one of the worst things that could ever happen boring. to two wrestlers. Is a loud as shit boring chant, like two times. Yep. What? Yeah, it doubled down. They were like, just in case you didn't yep. hear it over us talking shit about Earl, is boring. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget because fuck Earl Hebner, firstly, <laughs> but you guys fucking suck. Like, <laughs> there's a uh, there's strong. Steiner sucks chance, obviously, as well as the boring. Triple H stacks Steiner using his feet on the ropes. Hebner pulls him off and says he's not afraid to disqualify him. After every member of Evolution has interfered, Triple H hits Steiner with a belt but kicks out after two immediately takes. Steiner immediately takes the pedigree for the three following a kick out of a headshot with a title belt, which I don't really get. Um, However, this match is 13 minutes and one second. Too fucking long. Dude. It felt and like I five it. minutes. It felt fucking ever. Was, yeah, it's, it's was the run-in done, like, sloppily on purpose? Because, like, Batista almost pulled a Titus O'Neil and, like, slipped under the ring. Yeah, that was wrong. Really, guy. <laughs> wear dress shoes and run down to a fucking wrestling yeah, ring. Yeah, there was like fucking Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Cortland, what'd you go on? Who do you think I went, Mike? Um, I'm gonna say that you went a singular, a singular star. You are right. I went a star and a half. I don't want to explain myself too much, but I do feel like the beginning bits of this delivered enough wrestling for a quick minute for me to be like, okay, this is still. 
leaps and bounds better than Tori Wilson and Dawn Marie. Like, it's still leaps and bounds better than that. But my, my, favorite part <laughs> this, my favorite part of this whole match is mm-hmm. their stare down in the beginning, and you hear Scott Steiner say something, and he just keeps yelling at Triple H, and it's just like, I loved it, and it had me literally laughing. Good shit. Um, I said, the crowd straight up shit on this match. This fucking match went way too long. Thank God it's over. Gave it a star. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. What'd you give it? What's your rating? What'd you give it, Ethan? Star and a half. I didn't even write it. You can give it a dud if you want. My shirt says, wow, this shit is ass. That's the word <laughs> I usually rate. Like, I usually have my notes and then, like, my rating. It says, wow, this shit is ass. And then I have a side note that at one hour of 48 minutes and 19 seconds into this pay-per-view, which is during this match, Scott Steiner takes Triple H, or Triple H takes Scott Steiner outside of the ring and hits his head against the stairs. When he does that, you can literally hear one singular person go, you screwed Brett, you screwed Brett to Earl Hebner, you screwed Brett, you screwed Brett, and then he goes, hey, yo, you screwed Brett. And it's like the only cool thing. There's also a fucking match. You hear one fan on the opposite side of hard cam, like they're right in front of him, and he goes, let's go, Steiner! And everybody kind of, you hear everybody go, fuck off, like you get almost from the rest of the crowd. <laughs> well, I'm very glad that we are continuing the reign of terror next week. We are going to do something fucking awesome that will not consist of Triple H versus Scott Steiner. So glad we're moving on from the Steiner. What um, did Casey give it? Though? Oh, it's getting a star. This is good. Okay. That's all. Was it a wrestling match? Yes. Technically. Was it a good one? No. 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 You well, know what's important about what the thing? Is- Scott Steiner can make that one star a five star with Steiner, man. So that's all that fucking matters in the end. 68% of this math in this match. You just one fourth of a man. I can see how fucking pissed Ethan is. I think the highlight of the favor is coming up next. He's fuming that we are on this. so disappointed in us. So we're moving on to bigger and he's like, this is one of the worst matches. Less than half the time, four minutes and 26 seconds, we have something that is just absolutely fucking great. It's Eric Bischoff versus the Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold's return is here, and this match is not much of a match. However, this man whoops that ass. It's great. For a bit. It's amazing. And before it's they amazing. come out, we get good old JR walking his old sassafras ass down yeah. to the table. Sassafras. And the, I just love the Oklahoma Sumers theme. Anytime it comes on, it, that fucking, I was scrolling through TV, you know, flipping channels. I hear that shit, and I just immediately pop for JR. Yeah. And Ethan, uh, Ethan I, and says, "Oh, never mind. Go ahead, Cortland. You're good." 
JR says, I came here to see a man get his ass kicked. Like he kicked mine last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> JR is red for this match. He has turned up to fucking 12. I, have, I love it. I have literally one note for this match. And it is, I'm going to need JR to take Stone Cold's whole dick out of his mouth right now. <laughs> 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 the foreshadowing of you saying yeah, JR, JR being red hot when he gets set ablaze and quiet. it's good shit there, Corey. Oh. Yes, sir. So, uh, Bischoff's a tire here, Casey. You got you got any uh, you got anything to say about this sixteen-time uh, black belt, purple belt, yellow belt, uh, oh. karate, taekwondo? Uh, kickboxing, uh, sandboxing. The only thing I want to comment on boxing. is Bischoff going on his way to Gorilla gets stopped by Test and is like, you're gonna do great, bud! Ha 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 ha! It made no fucking sense. It was none, none, so none. fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, the 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 eighth degree black belt came out and later on in the tire. Oh, fucking! Yeah, he's wearing boxing gloves as well, which I'm I sick. just—it's so fucking funny because his wrists are like this, and his fucking boxing gloves. <laughs> you, you know, you know, when he lifts them up, and you see his wrists like. You know, a little you know bit. what we didn't mention earlier about the karate master Eric Bischoff? What's up? Earlier. The promo that they had about him. <laughs> the promo starts and he has like his hands. His fucking chair, and he goes. He goes. <laughs> yeah, in the in the promo they have they have our eighth degree black belt uh, doing karate chops to boards and fucking watermelon on like a raw. It. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so Bischoff gets the mic show. to say he will forfeit, <laughs> and uh, you didn't even get it. He out. says there's still time. He says that uh, I'll forfeit. Yada yada. Glass shatters. The huge pop. What everyone's been waiting for. Stone Cold Steve Austin has returned to professional wrestling after uh-huh. leaving due to a disagreement to the King of the Ring tournament, where he was going to have a match. Untel or televised but unpromoted against Brock Lesnar, where he would be doing the favors that night. And Stone Cold didn't agree. Stone Cold packed his bags and didn't return any phone calls and did not show up to Monday Night Raw. Um, he'll go on record to say that's one of his biggest mistakes in his entire career is walking out. Um, he's said it, and many of others have said it. It's not the way you do business. Um, you go out no matter what. You go out on your shield. You go out the right way, putting over whoever the next person is, rather if it's the next big thing or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I'd be saying that right now if uh, if it was the same thing with Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin. You know, you go out on your shield. You put over the guy the best way that you can, no matter who it is. I don't care the stage that you're on. That shit still um, It does hurt. However, it it's, it it's giving back. Yeah. And... Uh, if that's what they've been doing for the longest amount of time, then they should just keep on doing that. 
but moving on from that, Bischoff uh, is just getting lit up. Immediately, Lutez press with Austin's rights commentary selling Austin's fire firing from WCW. Uh, the pan back to the locker room where Austin's getting cheered on is just it's fucking stupid. It's and, fucking and, dumb as shit, man. I don't <laughs> Austin rips Eric's gloves off, which I fucking loved. I was waiting on it. Um, Austin's flicking refs off. It feels very like invasion, stone cold, like heel turn stone cold, where he flicked off everyone. Everyone mm -hmm. can go to hell. Don't trust anybody. Uh, Enjoy it a lot. Um, throws beer on Eric. Austin. He grabbed that beer from the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He throws beer on the Eric from the crowd. Austin checks his watch before landing a stunner, which uh, I fucking love the do you know what time it is? <laughs> I think that shit is fucking hilarious. Um, he hits him with this stunner. Of course, Eric is not the best pro wrestler. It's really hard for a lot of people to take a Stone Cold stunner a really good yeah. way, uh, but he somehow pulls it off. Jason. Who took a better stunner, Vince or Bischoff? Bischoff. For Bischoff. sure. Although Bischoff yeah. took like 17 <laughs> in this match. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, dude, he took so many. I hopefully you're good at him. Yeah, like one in there. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, he pulls Eric's shoulder up off of the mat before getting to the three counter to the first stunner. And he does it again. Finally, the third stunner. This one's the charm. The double bird. Great stunner. Eric sells the shit out of it. Eric is a, is a huge trooper, in my opinion, for doing this. Um, like I said, Eric Bischoff's not a pro wrestler, yeah. you know? Um, him to get his ass kicked by the fans' favorite. He, it's been coming for a long time. Everyone wants to beat up Eric Bischoff. Who better yet than the beer spilling? It was great. Man. God, that everyone can relate to. Um, it's really funny when you look down at JR fucking losing his mind here. Uh, right before the last salute, Austin delivers the force stunner, but it's not over. No, sir. Goes halfway up the ramp, looks back, says fuck it, goes back and gives Eric Bischoff stunner number five. And then he salutes to the crowd, few beers, a cool send-off. This match is only four minutes and 26 seconds. However... It's entertaining. It was I gave it more than I gave the Triple H and Steiner match, that's for sure. I gave this match two stars flat um, just for the entertainment purposes of it alone. I was very entertained by it. Obviously, this isn't your pro wrestling match of the night. However, this is a great pick-me-up. Thank fucking God we got a good one Yeah. after the Steiner and Triple H match. Um, I enjoyed it. What say you? Oh, I love it. Conrad. Um, I'm fucked up when I said it. I hate myself for saying it. Yeah. Give it to Ethan. I want to hear Ethan's opinions. I didn't rate it. It's badass. Stone Cold beating the shit out of that dumb fuck. That's it. That's just it. I like uh, the sec when uh, when Austin was pinning Eric Bischoff and he started grabbing his arm and like pulling it up for the two count. I think it was the second one. But uh, the ref counts to two. 
And Austin, you know, does the arm thing, and then he looks at the ref and he goes, "What do you mean? That's three. And that shit just had me so weak because it was just. That's awesome. That is fucking awesome. Uh, Mike, what'd you give this match? What did Pat go on it? I do flat. Just for the fact that it was mad, it was entertaining shit. But I mean, it wasn't like you know what I mean. It was. It, 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 it was a spectacle. I went two and a quarter. The only notes that I have. How ridiculous is it that this match is leaps and bounds better than the Steiner Triple H match? Jim Ross was the MVP here. Quote his ass for days. <laughs> Eric Bischoff is more compelling than either one of the ones in that other match. We're not about to shit talk Sad. Triple H. That's why we're here, motherfucker. Look, not me. <laughs> well, I, do, uh, I also want to add. I like um, uh, at the end when Jr. is like losing his mind. Uh, he and he's like losing his fucking mind, dude. Um, uh, you hear King, you hear King go, "All right, Jr., all right, Jr." And then Jr. goes louder, and then he grabs Coach and he's like pushing him and stuff because he's just like excited and like it's that moment's so cool to me because it's like it's like Jr. coming back and saying, "Yo, this is how you do this fucking job. This is how you get this shit done." Fuck what y'all motherfuckers are doing. I'm about to show you how it's really fucking done. And it's like, it's a really cool moment. I like it. I, mean, I was talking shit earlier, but it was just jokes. I, like, it was I, really cool. I feel like if it went Trip Steiner straight into Rock Hogan without this oh. match, we would have had a fucking riot on our hands. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would have been asleep for the first half of the Rock match, but they would have eventually rioted because, like, they needed something to wake them up and getting the easy pops from, from Stone Cold is the way to do it. But yeah, like I yep. two stars is probably exactly what it deserves because it I think if anything, it just helped a very like restless crowd in Canada and like got them kind of back onto like the WWE side for a minute since they just fucking yeah. berated fucking Steiner and Earl Hebner for 14 minutes. They did a great job deciding where to place this on the card. Perfect. Perfect spot. Yep. Well, hell yeah, boys. Well, moving on from here, we get the main event, and this is Rock and Hogan 2 rematch from their WrestleMania. Um, I fucking love The Rock's entrance. I love The Rock, period. But yeah. Hollywood <laughs> uh, is some of my favorite shit and we're not gonna cover this promo that i'm about to reference because it's a little earlier now um backlash 2003 the rock cuts one of the best funniest fucking promos with lillian garcia before he faces goldberg (laughs) and dude this promo makes i could watch it Every single day, and I'll fucking laugh. Hollywood rock is fucking gold, and we see it here. It's not a whole lot. Um, however, Hogan's over in Montreal, which isn't that big of a surprise, but I hate Hulk Hogan being over anywhere. Rock's working the crowd amazingly. Yeah. There's a rock bottom early, but uh, Rock puts Hogan in a... Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, 
God. I fucked up or something. Because I have Rock hits Hogan with the bandana and whips Hogan with his own weight belt. Did he hit him with his own bandana? Absolutely. No, he he did. And then and then Hogan like turns it around on him and uh and King King says, I think it's King. He's like, speaking of that tattoo, Rock, you're about to get another one. Like it's just like the lamest shit in the world. Uh, yeah, I um God, dude. Keep going. Okay. Before receiving the... Uh... <laughs> Rock is here. <sighs> Fuck me, dude. You fucked me up. This <laughs> fucking match. Um, it's a really hard match to enjoy. Uh, the weight belt. Before receiving it. some liquid himself, Rock is low, blow, low blows Hogan while Ref pulled the chair from Hogan. Um, that the Rock brought in, I, I if I remember correctly, uh, the three punch, big boot, the leg drop, the one two, lights out, lights back on, and the ref is out. And this is quite interesting. Oh, screwed him again because God, I man. didn't feel, I didn't feel like they were going to go this way. I thought that this match was going to be clean for Hogan. He's a face. The Rock's doing movies. He's Already halfway out the door, one foot in, one foot out. Um, I thought they were going to give it to Hogan. However, we do eventually get the Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon, the eventual fucking stupid-ass Mr. America, which I'm sure we're going to fucking cover, and I'm going to shit all over it. Um, However, Vince walks down to the an insane You Screwed Brett, and... Uh, the refs will work. Who would have known yeah. that it's that motherfucker from Law Resistance? Law <laughs> and, uh, Resistance. My Dude, boy, Silvan Gironetta. There it is. There it is. There's a name. I would pay to hear Ethan pronounce his name every single rest of my life. Pay for it. Silvan Grenade. <laughs> Silver Grenade of Law Resistance. Hell yeah. <laughs> No, the ref slides the chair to the rock and holy fucking headshot. Hogan bleeding, rock bottom. Uh, ref miraculously jumps for the three. Vince holds rock and ref's arms high. And Cole says that Vince has made another screw job in Canada. Vince takes off jacket to show Hogan shirt that has nothing written over the what you gonna do. And Hogan sucks. Not say Hogan suck on the back of that shirt. It says brothers suck. And yes. I'm going to talk about Hogan in a few seconds. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. I am so, so excited for Pat. Vince rips the shirt and throws it in the face of a beaten and bloody Hogan. The trademark hits the screen as Vince is flexing on stage. We see a bloody Hogan on the big Tron right behind him. It's a super sick close up to pan out you get the trademark logo that goes up right there if you're gonna do this screw job dude what better way to do it with vince being at the fucking stage right in front of that titan tron and you get a bloody hulk hogan right above his head and you get a fucking roided out vince mcmahon just fucking flexing everything it's good um overall for this match I don't believe I went high. Um, 
I gave it two and a half. <laughs> Um, just for the match itself, it's hard for me to enjoy a lot of Hulk Hogan matches unless I'm just watching him get beaten like to death. Um, Agreed. It, it's rather it's funny though. And it's, death. it's it's funny though because I haven't mentioned any of these other ratings from uh, this certain other person. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave this match a dud rating, which I just. I just found it really interesting that I wanted to bring up because it I don't think it's it a pro bad, wrestling man. match. That's not like personal beef. Yeah, it, that's a pro wrestling match for sure. I think that you're just being a bitch about it, really. Like, if you couldn't find entertainment inside this match, I understand how you can't. But, like, to give this match a, a dud. dud. That's kind of, like, harsh as fuck, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was a 12-and-a-half-minute match. Like, there was a lot yeah. that like, impact into the 12 minutes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, you have awesome heel work from The Rock. You have a hot as fuck Hulk Hogan right now, uh, returning from uh, going back to the old fucking yellow and orange, yellow and red. Yeah. Uh, fucking take your vitamins, beat black people, all that good shit he did. Um, oh my god! You know? Did you guys know? Did you guys know that Hulk Hogan is an alleged racist? Did you know that? Did you know it's that? Not that he's alleged. You know that? I mean, he said what he said. In my notes, I wrote Rock whipping Hogan with belt. Yes. Hogan whipping Rock? Yikes. See, I have, look, let me tell you something, man. Because I wanted to really tame myself because I had some notes written down and I erased a lot of them. I'm going to stop you for <laughs> half a second. Please do not make me edit a bunch of this out. I got you. I got you. You're fine. You're fine. I'm not going to say anything crazy. I'm not no, going to say anything back. crazy. No, 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 no. Go crazy. That's from me. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything crazy. You know, obviously, he fuck Hulk Hogan. He's a racist, all this shit, whatever. What's up, Mike? I uh, know. That was crazy. Uh-oh. Somebody look like, he looked like somebody hacked his damn computer or some shit. Yeah. Uh, he's like, wait, what? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> He looked like Kane when he lost his mask. <laughs> Good. All right. Where I don't even remember what we were. Um, uh, I'm not gonna go off on Hogan. I have power. Look, 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 I'm not gonna go off on Hogan. Um, we all know how I feel about Hogan. We all know how everybody feels about Hogan. It's kind of a general consistency. He's a racist and a piece of shit. Uh, that's really no more else to be fucking said about that. Um, the Rock and Hulk Hogan matches, both of them to me were kind of what the fuck ever. Like, I don't really give a shit. Uh, I do like The Rock in this match, though. I'm not gonna lie. And yeah. because of The Rock in this match, I rated it two, two and three quarters. Because I, I fucking know. love The Rock in this match. Like, yeah. and, like he, he just was, he, I mean, it's just, Rock is the shit, dude. Face, heel, he just knows what to fucking do, bro. He knows how but to entertain rock, you. Know, you know? The Rock was this match to me. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much from Hogan. I mean, Hogan just kind of is there. I mean, he... he oh! Hey! Sorry. There was a, a a drunk old man slamming his hand on my door. So. Oh, Jesus. All right. Welcome to South Carolina, baby. Hey. You need me to come down? No, no, we're good. All right. <laughs> Mike, I hope you know I made fun of you a little bit. Good. That's fine. You... TLDR, the, uh, the Hulk Hogan being a dog shit 
Pat. Just just quickly ramp it up for me. Yeah. Oh, that's it. He, he look, just look, isn't back. Look, he's just look. I I said I was gonna tame myself. I was gonna keep it chill. We all know how it is with Hulk Hogan, bro. He's a racist. He's a piece of shit. We already fucking know. There's no reason to keep it going. I personally, and if you want me to be honest, and I'm not just saying this because I know what happened now, I never in my life liked Hulk Hogan. I always thought he was a corny piece of shit. So I never thought it was cool. I always thought it was fucking wacky shit. So to see him get fucking screwed by this man in the rocket, it was fucking great for me, dude. <laughs> I, I, I like anytime he's losing, I'm with it. So, hell yeah, boys. So Here's what I'll say that? about it. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Yep, yep. So I want to say so. I know not everyone was in here when I showed it. So our background to this episode is the rock giving a rock bottom to Hogan. Unfortunately, this photo does justice to that rock bottom because the rock bottoms that Hogan took were the fucking worst rock bottoms I've ever seen in my entire life. Anytime Hogan had to leave his fucking feet ever was trash. Holy shit. I was... Motherfucker wouldn't jump for anybody. It was... They were so bad. Like, the first one was worse than the second one somehow, but, like, they were the worst pieces of shit rock bottoms I've ever seen. It's gonna get two stars. But it's mainly yep. because, yes, The Rock carried, not even mainly, The Rock carried this motherfucker from bell to bell. And yep. we get like corporate Hollywood rock. So it's even better. But yeah, that's a dud from Meltzer's a little rough. But like overall, eh, two. This, uh, this was two stars for me, all for The Rock. Hogan was nothing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, wrapping up that main event. Uh, does anyone have a uh, their idea of the sleeper match on this card? What did you enjoy the most? I went two and a half on it, by the way. Yeah, I was like, I was like, casual. Um, yeah. it was good. It was good for what it was. Fuck. Um, in twenty twenty one, fuck. I don't think you really knew that way. So I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, but it wasn't like anything I'm ever going to be like, wow, that was a his match, brother. Like, fuck <laughs> no, it was just decent and. It was what it was. Um, the sleeper on this card, dude, I'm telling you, man, Hardy Jericho was the highest rated. Yeah, that had shit on. was great. What a great yeah. match. Very cool match. Are are you guys excited for WrestleMania 19 next week, boys? It has Nathan done. motherfucking Jones, baby. Yes. Okay. Yes. Jesus. All right. Nathan Jones. Mike, run me down a little bit of this card for next week, if you would. Give me two seconds and I will, my friend. Um, Yeah. I can throw it out for you. Here we go. Um, You are looking at uh, Kane and Rob Van Dam versus Chief Morley and Lance. On heat. (laughs) Is that a heat match? Yeah, on the last SmackDown, they said it was going to be on Heat because I just finished that today. You get Mr. Uh, Matthew Hardy, um, version one, with Shannon Moore um, versus Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I remember that uh, match fondly. Match of the Night, which is Undertaker with Nathan Jones uh, versus Big Show and A-Train. Lord. (laughs) 
Um, it's too late for this shit, Mike. You get Victoria uh, versus Jazz versus uh, Trish Stratus in a yeah, triple okay. threat in a triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. Um, you have Chris Benoit and Rhino and uh, versus Los Guerreros versus Team Angle, which is Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin in a triple threat tag team match for the WWE Tag Team Championship. Um, you have Jericho, Shawn Michaels. You have um, Triple H wrestling another WCW guy, but this time it is Booker T. Um, you have oh, the man. Hulk Hogan, Mr. McMahon uh, saga, Stone Cold versus The Rock, and your main event is Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. Yes, sir. This is a stacked card front to back. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I believe this is it for this week's edition of the Up and Over podcast. I am Cortland Gwynn. This is Patrick White alongside Mr. KCL Gordo, Big Money Mike, and the ever-so-sweet, ever-so-southern Ethan Lewis. We love every one of you. Thank you for being here. Please subscribe to us. (laughs) Please subscribe to us and follow us on Spotify, Apple Music. You will be seeing this. On YouTube, hopefully tomorrow by sometime mid afternoon, which would and be again, Friday. Hopefully, you're seeing this on the fifth. Yep. And hopefully, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we do not have advertisers. We're doing all this out of our own homes with shitty ass lamps and our own work. Uh, any support that you give us would be awesome. Please share our stuff. Subscribe to us. So that way we can keep this thing going and keep the lights on for you and all of us so I can keep giving you my bullshit opinions on what is a work and what's not a work. This is the Up and Over podcast. Thank you for listening. See you in Fuck Michael Cole.